the world is full of wonders. Magic is hidden in small moments. And monsters could be hiding just out of sight. But if you're looking to find them, adventure is waiting to happen. You never know who you'll meet along the way. We are the Storyteller Squad. Adventurers, welcome back to the Storyteller Squad. Thanks for joining us for more of our Monster of the Week game. Before we begin, let's check in with those heroes. Have you got enough sleep today? Have you had any water? You remember the last time you drank some water? Do me a favor, stand up and stretch. Find these tips and more in today's session of Self-Care with Hugo Rashad. Um, hello? C- can, anybody, can anybody hear me? I think we got a bad connection. Maybe it's because I'm the, on the other side of the fucking earth. I'm Agent Wigger, and this arc is hitting a little too close to home. Oh! oh a finger oh, line! Very good. So, things aren't really going according to plan. What was our plan again? Did we have a plan? If we did, we probably wouldn't follow it anyway. I'm Raven Eugenia. Aiden can teleport, and the group can teleport me. And we can teleport giant birds. And now this monster can teleport. Am I missing out on something? Is this a standard thing that everyone can do? (sighs) I'm Damian Angelo Edgecrest. From where I'm standing, everything is going exactly according to plan. I spoke to the giant monster in the lake and everything's looking good. I'm Felicity Starnbrook. I am cold. I am wet. And I lost our secret agent. I'm not having a good day. I'm Aiden Brightwood. Let's have an adventure. Last time, our hunters traveled to the Echo Bay Marina in the northern waters of Canada and met with Gary Auburn, the campsite groundskeeper, who it turns out, spoiler alert, is actually Sasquatch. If you're not watching the episodes in order, please do that. It'll be way better for you. He told them that the Willituck Lake Monster, a Loch Ness-adjacent type of creature, was in danger of being discovered by a group of scientific researchers and famous exploratory safariists who had come here with grant money, lots of very powerful equipment, and a boat on which to search out and discover this lake creature. The concern was that if the lake creature is discovered, what else might news stories and a larger media presence here at Echo Bay do in terms of exposing Gary and his family, who also live up here, and in a way, safeguard the lake monster by distracting would-be tourists and discoverers with tall tales and a sense of cryptid vagary. You all managed to get on better terms uh, with the research team and secure a spot aboard their boat for Aiden, Raven, and Whitaker to travel with them while they explore. Your goal, of course, being to not 
necessarily sabotage or antagonize them in any way, but to at least prevent them from actually discovering the creature they seek. Felicity went with Gary on his boat and was able to use her game-breaking abilities to (laughs) communicate and zero in on the baby lake monster, who it turns out is growing and can't travel beyond the safety of the bay to larger open waters, which is why the lake monster itself is stuck here, keeping an eye on its little child. You also learned that these creatures are able to use some sort of sound-based magical teleport to travel through the water. And while Damien transformed into a variety of Canadian wildlife, including a loon, a songbird, a skunk, and an orca whale, you attempted to distract the researchers, but in actuality wound up drawing the mother lake monster to your group by becoming a large predator (laughs) in her territory. This wound up making you all have a a pretty dangerous on the open waters encounter with this lake monster. And at one point, Agent Whitaker fell overboard. Thanks to his stellar agent training and years of experience, was able to prevent it from eating him outright and instead had a slightly inquisitive moment before one of the researchers, the diver Beverly Turner, shot it with a tranquilizer dart, which of course caused it to react and grabbing hold of him with its jaws, it teleported away using its magical ability. But that's not the entirety of our group. Hugo Rashad, we are going to pick up with you because you don't swim and everyone decided it would be best after Felicity's vision of someone falling in the water that probably you shouldn't come on the boat. So instead, you slept in. And that is where we find you now. How does Hugo sleep when he is camping? Does he get comfy and cozy? Is he sort of out of his element here? Where's where's he at? He's honestly a very light sleeper in these kind of situations just because you never know what is out there. The tent is not going to protect you. Well, usually. You haven't quite awoken fully yet. Felicity poked her head in at the ungodly hour of like five o'clock, I think, because that's when Raven and Agent Whitaker and Aiden had to catch the boat of the researchers to get out on the water. So it is maybe seven, eight o'clock in the morning. At this point, everyone else, you will have been out on the water for a while and have had your experience with the lake monster encounter and losing Whitaker overboard. But here with Hugo in the tent, we actually are going to leap into your dreams. Do you want to describe something Hugo would be dreaming about for me? So normally when he's sleeping, his dreams consist of, I guess the best way to describe his training, but just making a mind palace and then fighting within it. What sort of enemies does he create in this way? Or what sort of subconscious enemies come to the fore? Is it just generic things or is it stuff from his past or generic things some stuff from his past some things he doesn't really recall ever encountering things that he's read about in his books that he's just assuming what it's like very often other people at least for a good portion of time it was other people within the whispered itself gotcha so people like noriko or jordan or maybe even professor argyle (laughs) very very rarely professor argyle only when he feels like getting his butt kicked i like that Actually, if anything, the last thing he'd probably be dreaming about was the story that had been told to him about the people in the house 
Yeah, okay. So in your dream, you have been in that same house that you saw in the story that you traded Dr. Kabe for uh, with a memory of, well, you can't recall it now because you traded it away. And you're in this house and you're actually there with Zuri and Rhea, Dr. Singh's daughters. They are helping you, but they're also acting very rashly and charging ahead more than they normally would, which adds this element of challenge and stress to the dream. And throughout the dream, Rhea is captured and her arms get lashed by these long, thin threads that then pull her into a wall. And in classic horror movie style, she is just like pulled into the cracking plaster and away by the threads. Later on in the dream, Zuri in her were-tiger form is also snared and lifted up into the ceiling, into darkness, and the space is dreamlike so you don't actually see where she goes from there. But you're then left as the light starts to recede and encroach in around you. And then you see a spider descending on a single thread of its gossamer spider silk and you look at the pattern on its back because it descends really right in front of your face so you can't miss it. And rather than jump or be spooked by this, you try and focus on the part of its abdomen that you can see, and a man is standing there in a dark suit. And suddenly it rushes past, and you are now standing on the docks of the Echo Bay Marina, or at least a vague dock-like platform. And he's standing there at the end of the docks, his hands folded behind the back, and kind of a intrigued look on his face takes a couple steps forward towards you. He says to you, you come to my shop, you trade a story, and you come right back to where that story was made. What fucking game are you playing? What story did I trade you again? Wouldn't you love to know? That's sort of the whole point. And he takes more steps and eventually passes you on the dock and starts heading up towards the campsite. Do you follow him? Yep. He continues to look ahead and speak loud enough that you can hear him as you follow him. You can see on the back of his dark suit, which you couldn't get really a good look at in the shop, but in the sunlight of this campsite dream space, you see that there is a spider web pattern embroidered into the suit very subtly, almost as if the weaving of the suit itself was not a traditional parallel pattern. It's actually emanating spider threads overlaid on each other. He stops in front of the campsite office and looks up at the roof of it, and he says, How much do you not know you don't know, Hugo Rashad? That is a really, really, really trick question. I'm curious. You don't strike me as someone who would try to play me for a fool. I'm fairly certain that playing people who are on another echelon level than you is not the kind of thing that someone that likes to stay alive does. I had a feeling you were smart. So then, care to do business? Sure. He turns around and walks over to you. He puts his hand on your chest. When he pulls it away, he actually makes a pinching motion with his thumb and pointer finger, and he pulls a thread from you. He pulls it back towards him as he takes a step back, and it then gets taut and tugs on you. I'm willing to believe that your fate brought you here by coincidence. 
and that you weren't deliberately trying to renege on the previous transaction we performed. So, what sort of story would you like to buy, Mr. Rashad? <laughs> what do you got? You see a wicked grin cross his face, and he says, Dealer's choice! Maybe you aren't quite so smart. <laughs> and with his fingers making a scissors motion, he clips the thread from you. Hugo, what memory do you lose? What would be a fun one? There's, there's so many good ones to lose. Let's go with more recent ones. Let's lose the memory yeah. of the Bogologs. Okay. The entire household encounter. The whole household thing. So you forget helping Bethany Miller save her family home from the Bogolog threat. You forget the troll encounter and how you guys managed to escape the dangers of that creature by pretending Raven was an honorary Miller family member. And so that goes away. And he tucks the thread into his suit's breast pocket and nods. He says, that's a good one. Well, I'm nothing if not fair. The memory you get, Hugo, you see the mage, Leon Flint, in a holding cell. Plain concrete walls, one singular fluorescent light in the ceiling, and a table and a metal chair. He's handcuffed to the table. And he actually has these gloves on his hands with runes on them and a piece of tape over his mouth that also has a ceiling magical glyph on it. Looks a little worse for wear because you guys did beat him up in the encounter with the, uh, the shifter gang. You see he seems to be meditating, just trying to stay calm while he's being held here by the Eastie agency for questioning. And then you hear a muffled gunshot and another and another. Then you start to hear shouting and a lot of gunshots and the sound of feet running down a hallway. And you see Leon, he's shaken out of his meditative state and he opens one eye very slowly, glances at the door into this room, which doesn't have a handle on it. It seems to be automated with a keypad. And you see at the bottom of that door, smoke starts to creep under it. A black inky sort of vapor that just mists and latches at the ground and pulls and crawls like it's a living thing. And you see his eyes shoot wide open and he starts to struggle and pull against the chain that's holding him to the table. You can hear him muffled behind the tape with the sigil. <laughs> and the smoke fills the room. A deep, thick fog that he can't do anything about because he's tied down and the gunshots that you heard before have gone silent. And a hand reaches out from this mist, no body attached to it or anything, just the hand, the sleeve of a leather coat and a dark black glove on it. And you see Leon is pale white in the face as he continues to struggle and try to speak. And the hand reaches out and pulls the tape off his mouth and he says, tell the king, I'm still loyal. I haven't told them. A thin line of red forms on his throat and his head topples to the ground. And we see a dark black sword made of this smoke that pulls away into the fog. And the fog is sucked out under the door 
and Leon's headless body thuds against the table, and we hear more shouting and sirens, and eventually lights. Breach in the containment center. East the agents. Get to your posts. You're back in the dream with Dr. Kabe. And he says, things you didn't know, you didn't know. And you wake up. Well, that wasn't a happy dream at all. This self-care stuff really isn't working. <laughs> you do hear some scuffling sounds of something rummaging around in a bag. And it's coming from outside the tent. My trail mix. And he's going to bolt up and open the den. I will need you to... Could you roll cool for me? Uh, nine. You see two boats coming back to the harbor. It looks like the research boat and Gary's little speedboat. Your mixed success here is that you could reconnect with your friends who seem to be coming back, or you could go investigate this scuffling. I'm sure they're fine. I love you, Oday. <laughs> You go behind the tent, and you see up in the tree where you guys had hung a lot of your opened food that couldn't be sealed anymore and would give off the scent of smells. Messing with the knot itself is a small creature. It's very furry. They have thumbs and forefingers, but they're very paw-like in their appearance. You see a little wagging tail, and you see this humanoid canine face. It's very unlike... Your friend Jordan, who is a type of werewolf and can turn into like an anthropomorphized wolf form. This is much more cute, but like uncanny valley cute, where you're like, this shouldn't exist. And you see this little, it looks young creature messing with the knot or or has messed with the knot and is like looking through the bag of snacks. And it's actually wearing a t-shirt and some little like shorts and sneakers. What do you do? He's going to look up, try to make eye contact. And then he's just going to walk away. He didn't see anything. Okay. Who do we want to check in with next? Because there are two groups left that we haven't touched base with. I feel like there's three groups now, considering Whitaker's across the entire world. (laughs) Well, I'm counting you and Raven, Aiden, and Damien Ah. as one group. Although I guess Damien wouldn't be with you. Yeah, you guys are all really scattered this time around. (laughs) Yeah, we're all over the place. Let's rewind time just slightly to moments after Whitaker's disappearance on the boat. Felicity, you and Gary had followed the research vessel once you started pursuing the baby lake monster as it swam away, saying, I gotta find my mom. So your boat is coming upon this, and you see Aiden in the water, and a diver pokes her head up out of the water and is taking her mask off and starts just yelling frantically and like waving her gun in the air almost triumphantly. And Raven, you're on the boat, so you can hear Aiden calling to you. He's gone. I don't, I don't know where he is. And Beverly, the diver expert, is saying, You were right, Alice. I saw it. It's huge. And I got it. I don't know where it went, but we are this close. As we're pulling up, I'm going to be like, Oh, 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 God. Uh, ours went a little more smoothly, I guess, than uh, everyone else's. Hey, guys. Gary, what's going on? Gary, he he asks you, he says, could you take the wheel for a second? I would love nothing more. Keep her straight and narrow there. 
and he quickly turns around into a little back compartment seat. It's like a seat you can sit on and it lifts up and he reaches in, pulls out a life preserver and tosses it over the side towards Aiden. And then he comes back and takes the wheel from you. Raven's just leaning over the side of the boat, yelling down to Aiden, like, what do you mean he's gone? Roll, read a bad situation. It's a nine total. Well, not only is Aiden trying to stay afloat and swim over to this life preserver, she also, like... She is not telling you what she meant by that. She just wanted to get you in the know that Whitaker is not in the water anymore. She's getting the the sense that it's not like, oh, he drowned. It's like, he's literally not here anymore. Yeah, you could intonate that she means literally not physically here. But beyond that, she's not sharing any details because of the situation you guys are yeah. in. Here. If she says anything like, it teleported away! That confirms that there oh, is yeah. a monster here and she doesn't want to do that. I think we she she had that fear from hearing about Felicity's vision that like it was so in, ingrained in them that like someone's gonna drown. There's just the idea that like oh he's gone like oh maybe Aiden teleported him like as long as he's not in danger that we know of. All right, we'll deal with it. I um, would say he is definitely in danger. <laughs> yeah, but not he's. But not, you don't know like, the specifics of that to danger. The bottom of yeah. the bay at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's a different kind of danger. <laughs> yeah, it is not a, he has died, but also you don't know. Well, that's terrifying. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Um, can I still ask a read a bad situation question? Yes, you may. I feel like I always ask the same one every time I do this, but are there any dangers we haven't noticed? <laughs> you see Cook, Pike's second and the muscle of the research group, is opening another one of those weapon crates because there's still an orca whale in the water around the boat. Oh, that's right. Can we and still see the whale? Is it like really close to us? That depends on Damien. Damien, you're the orca whale that's still near the boat. Or are you? Have you decided to flee or do something different? Damien was roughed up quite heavily in his encounter with the lake monster. So yeah, what Damien's harm total are you at? Four. We are unstable. Okay, so I'm going to have to start doing some unstable things to you if you don't figure that out soon. So Damien's new priority is getting that sorted out. He doesn't know how good the sonar of the boat is. And he doesn't know that that is Felicity's boat. His goal is to shift into a smaller creature because he is hurt and holding the big whale shape isn't doing him any good and he's going to try to make his way onto a spot on the boat that is out of the way so that he can rest and recover and not have to swim all the way back to shore so what animal does he turn into instead i think he would anamorph into a small fish but hit dolphin on the way not that it makes any evolutionary sense but in his head he's going from the big size to the dolphin size to the fish and he doesn't try too hard on the transformation the cgi is really low quality you think they might have outsourced it and been trying to rush it but that's fine it was underwater and no one was it's, really it's just a keyframe anyway. swap each time yeah All right, so as a fish, how are you clinging to this boat? 
he's going to pop out of the water as a fish and then turn into a puffin, which I believe is a Canadian appropriate. <laughs> we can look that up. <laughs> Might be the other coast. Puffin Damien is a very oh, cute no, we're idea. On the west though. coast and puffins are east coast. What about the, um, the blue-footed boobies? Where are they from? I was just going to say that. <laughs> I was so excited for him to be a puffin. You're just a very lost puffin. He was a very lost orca whale oh. also. <laughs> oh, they might start to catch on. Oh, I think we're okay. I think the tufted puffin has non-breeding residents all over the western side. So I think we're good. Puffin. So he's this flapping puffin. And once he gets high enough that he can see that it's Felicity, he's going to beeline over to the Felicity boat and just plop on the ground. Yeah, I mean, shapeshifting is an innate thing you do. You don't roll for that. I think it'd be pretty fair to make a roll for transforming to like four different creatures. (laughs) Yeah, why don't you act under pressure because you are hurt and we'll determine if anything bad happens to you on the way to Felicity's care. Does he splatter a little bit when he hits the deck as the puffin? Oh no! Just puffin and then green goop. (laughs) But then like slowly reforms back up into a puffin again, like one of those kids toys. You like, it's a little slime ball that you like splatter against the wall and it reforms into its shape. (laughs) So the question is, does a three splatter? Oh no! (laughs) That's an absolute fail. I think because you are not quite panicked, but you're definitely having to reassess and adjust your plans very quickly in the scope of a few moments, your shifting down into the different forms is gonna tax your integrity as a creature made of a viscous half liquid. And so when you go from orca, dolphin, fish, puffin, you strain yourself and you'll take another harm, which will put you at five. You then weakly manage to not even fly, but as a puffin, dive through the water and are jumping up and out to get a glimpse of the situation from above the water surface. And you catch a look at Felicity and you push, push, push with your little puffin wings and up into the boat where you do splat. You take another harm from just impacting the boat at high speed because it is a speed boat and you are a fishing bird. (laughs) And as a weak, barely holding together slime puddle, you are just a green viscous goop. You can't even reform yourself once you're in Felicity's boat and you're at six. I am immortal. Would you like those damages to have been two and two so that it works out to be one and one and puts me at six? Yeah, or else I could say, like, this damage is not harm. It is just you're taking physical strength to yourself, so. Um, hey, Damien! Oh, oh, geez. Okay. It it looks like someone threw up in Gary's boat. (laughs) (laughs) And all they had to eat was lime (laughs) jello. Hey, Gary. Can you, like, stand in front of me so that no one can see me, please? Oh, we don't rightly have to stick around. We could just take off, you know. Well, from the sound of it, one of ours is missing. And so I would really not maybe like to leave and figure out what's going on. But I do going to do something about all the Damien that's on your boat now. He nods. I would appreciate that. He calls using a little megaphone that he's got. And he says, 
Sailors in trouble, we're gonna make a pass and see if we can do a loop and find your fellow. And he takes the boat and does a wide curving path around the trajectory that the research vessel is. So you are away from their eyeline. Cool, cool, cool. And you could like duck down behind the windshield and behind Gary to try and help. Yeah, I'm gonna lean down and I'm gonna try to heal Damien with magic. You wish me luck, Damien, because this could kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Woo, let's go. Five and a six. So that's uh, 11 plus three. So you're good. <laughs> Your magic doesn't have a glitch. Are you just going to stabilize him? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're welcome. Amazing Foley work. <laughs> what does it look like when you stabilize him with your magic? What does Felicity's healing look like in this specific case? Because he is a demon and not a person or another living thing. Well, uh, essentially what would happen, she hovers her hands over his smeared out slime form and i would also imagine like maybe he lost some slime in the water like there's slime all over the place and so as she holds her hands over his slime form it all just starts coming from the water sucking it up and just reforming tiny little slime baby and i love that so this works really well with your magic theming you reach out to Damien's very small amount of goo left, and you're like, this isn't all of him. I've got to try and collect it all. So you reach out, and using your ability to affect the forces that cause mass and matter to attract each other or to move in strange ways contrary to what gravity or other forces might indicate, you focus on the central little puddle that's left in the boat, and Damien, your form, which because of the stress you were under, has scattered into the water, starts to clump up together like beads of water being attracted to each other and all these little bubbles and beads and bits of you start to creep up the backside of Gary's boat and up over the edge and down into where Felicity is holding you stable and join your form which rather than being a flat out puddle on the ground starts to take on this orb spherical shape and then the little bits of you start to float around it and orbit almost like a model of an atom as Felicity gathers your essence into one centralized point. And when she feels that it's done and it's been stabilized, you are a much bigger blob of yourself. Do you have a bucket for me? <laughs> I'm sure I'm, I can I'm find a tired. bucket. There, there's yeah. a bucket on Gary's boat, sure. Yeah, I'll go grab him a bucket and I'll put him in. Okay, it's a little dirty, but this is fine. Oh, Felicity, Chill out in the bucket. you are wonderful. Thanks. And he looks over to make sure the other boat's far enough away. Whitaker was teleported away. Oh, oh God. Ready for some game-breaking magic? <laughs> Let's have it. In. Let's do it now. I'm going to tune in. I'm going to find where this monster went. <laughs> Go ahead. I got a 10. <laughs> God damn it. That plus three is the most amazing thing that's ever happened. It's so oh. good. So, So. uh, Natalie, um, where is this creature right now? (laughs) (laughs) I think, actually, Felicity, we will use your ability to transition our focus in the narrative. So you will know this information up to a point. You reach out with your tune-in ability, as Damien says that, kind of panicking. I think you run over maybe to the side of Gary's boat and put your hands on the little railing and just stare out into the middle distance and let your eyes go white and your vision starts to shoot across the surface of the water, almost like 
you had been propelled out of a cannon, but the cannon is your body, and what's being fired is your consciousness, and the ocean is spinning by underneath you, and at one point you actually dip into the water, and now it's rushing past you with bubbles and currents and little fish schools and things, and then you're out of the water again, and there's a splash of foam and spray, and you're rushing past the waves and then back down. It's like you're a flying fish just skipping over the surface of the water. It happens all very fast, but you get the sense that you're traveling a very long distance. And when you finally come to a slowing point in this vision, you see breaching out of the water, like a whale in a way, is the Willituck Lake Monster. As a pair, the two of them breach out of the water and you see Whitaker's limp form fly through the air, ragdoll, and then sploosh into the water as the sea monster also with its long plesiosaur neck hits the water with a big splash. You see a little ways on the coast beyond where Whitaker and the sea monster breach is this rock formation that looks like it is hexagonal pillars of stone all standing on end and fitted together like a tessellating, what are they called, mosaics. And they're different heights, so it almost has the look of an amphitheater, but natural and made of these crystal formations in the rock that have this hexagonal pattern to them. A lot of them is worn away because it's old stone, but you can still see this structure to it. And coming from that coastline and that rock formation, you see a boat. You can't make out who's piloting it, but you see a boat headed towards where Whitaker and the lake monster went back into the water. And then you're back in your body. Oh, oh man, they're far. Okay. All right. This is important. We should probably head back soon and figure out what the heck we're going to do. Felicity, you look really healthy and vibrant and full of life. And you look like you have an abundance of such. Would would you stick your hand in the bucket? Do you mind if I life drain a little bit? I'm gonna hang on. We're gonna see. I'm just gonna. Oh, uh, you you gotta be so glad that Whitaker isn't here right now. He would wring you out like a like a washcloth for asking nicely. Wow, good to know. Yeah, that's a three. Okay. What did you roll? I just rolled to see. I was like, if I get high, I won't do it. If I get low, I will do it. And I get a three. So in the bucket, my hand goes. Incredible. I just just (laughs) wanted the dice to make the decision for me. Wild. Damien, you life drain Felicity, I guess. Thanks. What's your base for that? After the shenanigans in the water, it's two. It's two normally? Or what is the shenanigan that makes it that? Oh, he just leveled up. Oh, and you added the modifier to the damage that it does. Yep. So it doesn't so extra I take two harm damage? Now. Yep. Felicity, okay. you take four harm. What? Damien, you go to life drain Felicity. You're not being malicious about it. You asked politely. You saw that she had plenty of life to spare. And so you wanted some of it because you're feeling like you don't have a lot right now. You're not able to restrain yourself when you reach out with this life-draining magic whose source is the Demon Princes. And Felicity puts her hand in the bucket and suddenly, Damien, it's like you are having the best day of your life. 
When you life drain Felicity, it is unlike any other life drain you've performed on another living creature before. It is the biggest rush of this life energy that you steal with this power of yours that you've ever gotten in your life. It's like Coke, and you take a big hit, and you take four harm from Felicity. Felicity, you feel weak. Four puts you at unstable, correct? Yes. So you faint. (laughs) See you guys later. (laughs) You drop to your knees and just, oh, you've had your out-of-body experience, and now you're literally passing out because you've just been through a lot in the last few moments. Gary turns around as he sees this happening and says, Okay, we're gonna hang back and let them take care of what's going on with your other friend there. This is, oh, we gotta get you in the mid bay. Okay. He turns his boat around and starts to head back to the docks. Raven, you're on the boat. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they cut the engine and have come back around to just float and allow Beverly and Aiden to climb the little chain ladder they throw over the edge. So they both come up. Beverly is still on a high because she just saw a cryptid for the first time after not really believing they were real, but being fine with getting paid to look for them. And she is just gushing and half apologizing, but half also congratulating Alice. I never should have doubted you. Your science is so legit. This is amazing. It was so, it was like nothing I've ever seen before. I mean, it was graceful, but menacing and it had this energy about it, but I landed my shot and I got it right in the neck. Wherever it went, we should be able to find it really soon. Aiden, meanwhile, is just toweling off and looks worried because Whitaker's missing. Richards does call out. He says, hey, do we still have a whale out there? What am I doing? And Pike calls back and he says, let's head back to port. I'm going to want to debrief about this and figure out what our next move is. And Richards just mutters to himself, lived another day, baby, and kind of pats the steering wheel of his boat and turns (laughs) it around and starts to also head back towards port. Cook was opening a gun locker, and you see what might have been an RPG in there. A what? Like a rocket launcher. Oh my god. (laughs) But Aiden is back safely in the boat again. Yeah, she used Gary's uh, life preserver to just hang on until the boat came around and picked up her and Beverly. And so she's now, you know, the knit that she was wearing and the leggings she had on are just soaked so she's kind of wrapped herself in a towel to try and warm up and is staring off at the ocean actually just staying out of the way but looking concerned yeah raven's definitely gonna go up to her make sure she has another towel to wrap around her and try and pull her away from everyone else i know Mm -hmm. it's not a huge boat but it's not huge you guys can sit at the back end of it towards where the motor would be under the water so it's noisy back here at least yeah that's perfect first priority is checking on Aiden making sure she's okay but also gonna do that thing where she's really quietly talking and as she's like wrapping the towel around her making sure she's okay it's just like so Whitaker's gone you didn't teleport him away because if you had you would have gone with him right yeah that's that's how that works I guess this thing can do something similar to me and it just vanished and he went with it okay so they they're both gone yeah for now oh my god how what are we gonna do i'm really worried about him how far do you think it can go why would a creature like that need that kind of ability like he's got to be like in the base somewhere right this is oh my goodness raven i don't know this i'm out of my depth too do you think the rest of the crew forgot because we're kind of just going back to shore without him 
They don't know he's just gone. We're just leaving. Should we just not mention it? We might be able to fake that a... a there was a killer whale. Up. I mean, they might they might just assume he was eaten. God. Okay, we, we're going to have to talk to Felicity. And maybe if he's not that far, if we can just go scoop him up somewhere and get him back with us soon, we can just say that Felicity and Gary scooped him up and he's fine if they ask. I, I think that's going to be our best bet for now. But we, we just got to get back to shore and find Hugo. And I think I saw Damien... I think he was the whale. I knew he might have been a bird. I think he's with Felicity. We have to regroup. This is a disaster. This is such a disaster. Oh man, Aiden, I'm freaking out. She just holds her hand and tries to like emit her calming angelic aura. Even she is struggling with that right now. Like she, she her mind, she can't focus on it, so it's not oh, as yeah. effective as it normally would be. Yeah, she's and, not expecting much, but if she, like, sees her starting to go for it, she's, like, holding her hand, like, please, I will take anything. Well, she she can't even... We need to both calm down. She can't even visibly crank it up, because that would cause her to glow. So, I, I think in this moment, she's honestly just trying to be with you in this panic. Just, just normal human comfort. <laughs> Alice comes over to you after maybe ten minutes or so of talking to Beverly. She says, I'm sorry about your uncle. Right? That's who he was? Yeah. Beverly says the creature vanished. And it's possible he might be with it. Aiden looks to you and then says, I didn't see a creature. Yeah, Raven's going to chime in a little bit. There was a huge whale. Are we really saying that there was another creature there? I know that's what we're looking for, but like, I think my uncle just died. Are we really talking about a mythical sea creature right now? And then she's gonna like put her head in her hands and just mm-hmm. like lean into Aiden and really, she's not openly sobbing, but she's trying to make it look like she's crying. Why don't you roll to manipulate someone to see if they'll buy this lie of yours? Is Aiden rolling to help out? <laughs> She, I'll, I'll have her roll to help out if the roll can be helped by a help out action. Okay. And this is manipulating someone? Manipulate someone, yes. So I do get to roll with sharp instead of charm. <laughs> You're very clever. That's a 10. You don't need help. Although she does sell it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because she, you know, she, she looks sad and pathetic, too, because her hair is all wet and she's just got yep. like towels wrapped around her. Alice bites her lip and looks back at her group. Beverly now is gushing to Pike. Beverly is having the experience of being a deep sea diver who discovered a large new species. And most people in that profession discover things like worms and crabs. (laughs) So she is on a high almost as much as Alice would have been if she had seen the creature directly. But Alice says to you, I know it might seem like a long shot, but if Beverly's right, then there's a chance he's not dead. Make sure we get you guys back so you can tell your other friends and she lets you two be alone raven's just gonna like nod without looking up and just still like lean into aiden she's still selling the like i'm sobbing please leave me alone yeah and aiden waves alice away and then just sits there with you cuddled up in like the back of this boat that speeds back towards echo bay's marina once she walks away, Raven's gonna, like, lift her head up so she can continue talking to Aiden if they feel the need to keep discussing it. I don't know that there's much more to say until you can get in touch with everybody else. We all know that Agent Whitaker is not dead. In fact, we know he was saved, thanks to a daring rescue by a couple of his friends, Agents Ross and Spiegel of the East Sea Agency. 
Whitaker's not convinced he's not dead. Actually, <laughs> Whitaker just woke up in hell. <laughs> That's true. You're, the friend who saved you is half a ghost, so... <laughs> Whitaker's in purgatory. Turns out, for Whitaker, purgatory is a boat. Who knew? Yeah, he's a thunk. Whitaker, you're on this boat with two other agents from your agency. Mm-hmm. A honestly miraculous save. Where did you say we were? Ross is sitting up in the front of the boat with Spiegel. So you come up to join them and Ross calls to you as you're speeding along. Again, it's loud. You're moving quickly on the water, wind rushing by your ears. She says, we just left the coast of Northern Ireland. Uh, Did you see any, did you see any big, big monsters uh, with me out there? Mac also shouts over the noise. You mean the Loch Ness? Yeah, Uh, we saw it. Oh, Spiegel, Ross, I can't be here. I cannot even begin to express to you how much I cannot be here right now. On like a, um, this is pretty improbable and also I need to be not here right now. Um, Mac looks over and gives a, a glance to Ross, who nods. He puts the boat in neutral for a second. They trade spots. She sits down on the seat and he stands up and puts his hand on your back and walks you away from the front. Listen, man. You might not want to be here, but you're here, like it or not. So I'm not saying we expect to thank you. I mean, brothers in arms, right? AC agency. But you're here, brother. This isn't a dream. What the, so what the hell are you guys doing here? He doesn't answer right away. He looks back at Ross and says, we're on more what you'd call a personal sabbatical. All right. You want to elaborate on that? I, I won't press if... I'm more of the chauffeur, traveling buddy. It's Ross's mission. I'll let her tell you about it if she wants. Mm, that's reasonable. Oh my god, I really, um, I was honestly like right in the middle of something. Whitaker t- takes his phone out, <laughs> tries to turn it on. Here's a question. Does the Eastie Agency provide you with some sort of waterproofing, you know, high-stress a- environment case? I, th- I figured it was just a basic iPhone. That's that's what I pictured. <laughs> I did Olivia upgrade everyone's phones after the radio, the radio ghost, ghost attack. Tried everyone, and she was the only one with a working cell phone. That's true. Mm, we we can roll for. It. I mean, my next thing was just going to be I was going to steal one of their phones. I think this would be another case where you're going to roll plus weird. Because the weird thing is about you is that you're a secret agent. And if you roll high enough, we'll say that the agency came up with a new case design. I like it. All right. I don't get any pluses to that. So it's just a straight roll. It's a seven. Your phone lights up. So it is not waterlogged or damaged or anything. And right when you go to do anything with it, and the battery dies. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were camping and Raven yeah. only had so many plugs in her little portable generator. Yeah, no, it, it, make, it makes sense. Um, that tracks. You also probably don't have a roaming plan at the minute. I was going to say, um, didn't you mind if I put like 30 extra dollars on your phone line real quick <laughs> to make an international call? Do we even have service out here in the middle of the fucking ocean? You're off the coast. You can still see coastline off to your, right. Off to your right. But Mac shakes his head and he says, Sorry, amigo. We are strictly dark on this one. All right. Um... Where are we heading? He points at the back end of the boat at what you're pulling away from, that stone structure with all the different tiered columns. 
Well, we just left the Giant's Causeway back there. We're headed over to Fingal's Cave. That's in Scotland. All right. Um, that's that's fine. We c- we can work with that. Let's get you a snack. You're looking a little pale. Once we land, we'll get some coffee in you, get some food. We don't have to go to the cave right away. Yeah. Um, yeah. He does look thoroughly shaken. <laughs> like this man, a thousand miles stare right now. Yeah, you've lost your team, your communication with the world for now, and you're headed to an unknown mission. I don't think Whitaker has much else to say on the matter for now. <laughs> I think we got to leave him there for now. Yeah. So, Hugo, what did you do after you turned around and ignored that strange being that was rummaging through your snack bag? As he left, did he still hear the thing rummaging? Yes. I think what you hear as you're taking a few steps away is, uh, Oh, it's peanut butter cookies. I love those. Would he turn around? <laughs> Yeah, he turned around. <laughs> I'm going to break Hugo's shell with cute adventure. I hope you're prepared for this. <laughs> Challenge accepted. So you turn around and you see this small dog boy who has taken a package of these peanut butter sandwich cookies and put them in his little shorts pocket. He then takes out a tiny little wallet that looks like a game controller on the outside, opens it up, takes out a dollar fifty puts them in the snack bag, <laughs> zips it up, and goes to leave, but then he sees you and freezes. Uh, hi, mister. Hi, friend. What you doing? I was... I, I'm sorry. These are... We don't get very many snacks where I'm from. Uh, I was gonna... I paid you back. Do you mind? Don't tell my dad, please. Okay. Uh, who's your dad? His name's Gary. And at that, Hugo's eyes go wide. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, yep. You're good, kid. You're good. Okay. What are you doing today? I'm just gonna relax for the most part. <gasps> You're here to go camping? That's that's one way to put it. Well, I know all the best trails around here. Do you want to do you want to go for a hike with me? Uh, yeah, I'm sure they're fine. Sure. Why not? He looks back at the bag. And he says, can we bring the snacks? As long as you grab at least one that has vegetables, sure. All right. So you pick out a little snack pack, get some provisions, you pack a water bottle, and Hugo sets off to go on a little day hike with this small creature. <laughs> Choices were made. <laughs> I'm Danny. What's your name? Uh, Hugo. Nice to meet you, Hugo. Where do you want to go? What do you want to see? Well, you said there's a lot of trails. Do you have a favorite? Oh, there's one with this big stump, and it's hollowed out in the bottom, so you can crawl underneath and get off a lot of dirt and bugs. You know what? Yeah, let's let's go there. That one has a lot of big rocks, too. You can climb on them and pretend you're on a mountain, which you are, but like a small one, so you can stand on top and be like, I'm here at the top. Okay. Actually, I think I have a friend that could use some rocks. We can put them in my backpack. Sure. But only if... I don't want to disturb what's actually there. Yeah, that's true. We don't want to take too much from the woods. That's what Dad says. Smart man. He is smart. He knows so much about the woods and the places around here and all the plants and animals. Do you like plants and animals, Mr. Hugo? I'm more of a rock person myself. You could say that I'm a geo dude. <laughs> wow! Stop. Stop it. Oh, 
What? We're just rocking and rolling. <laughs> okay. I am leaving. Who is this and where is Hugo? <laughs> Hugo only said the first part. Say yeah, anything yeah. Else. <laughs> this is exclusive day content now. <laughs> it's just for us. I love it. All right, so yeah, you and Danny head off to take a hike. I love this so much. Yeah. My we'll heart. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. You could roll to investigate a mystery to see if as you're walking with this funny little kid, if you can recognize maybe what he is or if you've heard tale of things like him. Let's find out. <laughs> investigate a mystery to find the prettiest rocks. <laughs> this is more specifically to figure out what Danny is if he's Gary's kid. I got a nine. What sort of creature are they? So after you met Gary and were told, oh, Sasquatch just lives here with his family. Maybe before bed the night before, you did a quick little reading on Sasquatch sightings and what there was about it. Because Sasquatch is less a thing that the Whispered would really care so much about because it's a benevolent creature and there's no real stories of it ever going out and hunting human beings. But as you were looking through these articles, you stumbled onto a few cryptid databases and you realized that Sasquatch is one of many, many, many local folklore that talk about different types of quote unquote Squatch. And Danny appears to be a dog Squatch. I'm not kidding. You can look it up. <laughs> I totally believe you're on that one. Uh, you wander off on a very cool hike. Felicity, I think you probably wake up in the campsite office. They have a little nurse's station and a kit and things. Gary actually has a bottle of spirits that he is sort of wafting in front of your nose to try and get you to come to. And he says, Right there, uh, Miss Felicity, how you feeling? Come on around then, yeah. Oh, Damien. Where's Damien? Where are you, Damien? Are you still relaxing in a bucket or...? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm down here. I'm, I'm the bucket's on the ground. Felicity, what are you made of? I'm made of sunshine. You are made of a much different star stuff than everybody else, my friend. Here, I... let's uh, not worry so much about star stuff. You gotta get your blood sugar up, or you're able to pass right out again. And he hands you a cup of apple juice. <gasps> juice, thanks. And she's gonna drink it. So like. I thought you were just going to take a little bit, Damien. I, I was. I'm sorry. I mean, I've life-drained people before, and usually it's the equivalent of some good snack food. Why not? But Felicity, you're next level. I don't know. Are, are you human? Are you super infused with magic? What's your deal? From what I can tell, I'm human. Pretty, pretty certain, actually. Like, almost 100%. Okay. Well, I won't want to do that again until you're definitely well-rested and hydrated and you get a nice steak dinner. And you're going to do that but, again? I mean, I don't need to do it ever, but obviously we wouldn't want to push things anytime soon okay okay all right and i always permission first i understand some of the core concepts of humans so 
you are perfectly safe and I want to make sure you're well taken care of. We are very likely going to need your your hand waving to get Whitaker back. Okay. I did kind of see where he was at, actually, before you knocked me out, you know. I implied I was sorry. What's your camp outfit, Felicity? Like one of those puffy vests, flannel underneath it. She's got some khaki colored pants that are skinny and hiking boots. Like she's she's been camping before. She's Okay, yeah. So Ghosty has been sitting in the hood of your jacket. And now that you're up and moving about again, he pokes his little beaked face out from behind some of your curls and just nuzzles his beak into your neck a little bit. Hey, dude. Were you, were you worried? You seem a little worried. You see Tom flits around the room and comes to land on your knee as you're sitting upright on this med table with his little squirrel eyes like... I'm gonna give him some little scritches. I'm okay, guys. We should tell the group about Whitaker. Yeah? Yeah, you said he's alive because that's more than I knew about what happened yes. to him. Um, good news and bad news. Good news, Whitaker is alive. And it looks like there was a boat that was going towards him. So hopefully they picked him up. He's rescued. He's good to go. Bad news. He is very far away like very far away i'm pretty sure your friends would know something happened to your buddy because they were on the same boat as him no but i gotta tell him that he's alive that's what i got oh yeah no good to know that sort of thing yeah that's important also like where he is i saw some stuff i saw coastline I just was in the ocean for a very, very long time. And then I came up onto Whitaker being tossed into the air by the monster. A boat that was going towards him and a coastline with some, like, it was a bunch of tall rocks kind of lined up, kind of geo-shaped. I wouldn't call myself quite a seaman, but that could describe a lot of coasts. Aside from that very particular rock formation you just described, I bet we could look something up about that. It looked like a whole thing. It wasn't just regular rocks. It was like a whole thing, you know? I'm sure that if he's picked up by a boat, that we should probably expect a phone call. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of, just give him a call. All right, you try calling Whitaker. Do you get his voicemail? Hey, Whitaker, uh, when you get this, give us a call back. We're not entirely convinced you're not dead. So let us know and we can finagle getting you back. Hey, take care. God. All right. I just need to sit with that for a second. <laughs> That's Damien's like making sure you're not dead phone call tone. <laughs> I just imagine Damien calling him again and be like, it's Damien, by the way. Forgot to say that in the first message. <laughs> Anyway, hope you're not dead. Call us back. It's Damien. No urgency whatsoever. Speaking of urgency, though, Raven, (laughs) you and Aiden on the research boat, they dock and pretty immediately Pike starts delegating. He tells Richards, check the bottom of the hull, make sure we got no leaks and get her fueled up for another run. And Richards with his like groany, gripey attitude, just like, Oh, you're going to run my boat into the ground, Pike. Pike just laughs it off. He's like, 
please, I'll sink her first. And <laughs> goes over to Cook and says, I want you to take apart the Trank guns and get them all oiled up for the next go around. Just check our stock on everything else in case something else weird happens. Cook just gives a gruff little, mm. all right, boss. And then he comes over to you, Raven, and he says, I saw Alice come over to talk to you, so I didn't want to lay it on too thick, but I'm really sorry about that fellow that came with us. Raven's going to sniffle a little bit and wipe her face with her hand. She's really trying to sell, like, I think he's gone. Yeah. I don't care what any of you people have to say about your silly magic stuff. I, I think he's dead, and I'm very upset about it, and yep. I don't want to talk about it. Aiden, playing off your deception, says, why don't you go back to camp and just let everyone know I'll talk to the captain. She'll just nod. She'll, like, acknowledge Pike. She's not trying to be, like, rude. Mm-hmm. Just very upset. So she'll give him, like, a nod before she walks away. Just an acknowledgement. And then hurries off to the tent. Aiden doesn't spend too long with Pike. She just says, if there's anything we can do to look for him or maybe alert some sort of Coast Guard or, or local police or something. And Pike says... Not a whole lot of that up here, but I will radio in to uh, the Port Authority. She nods and says, all right, well, I've got to go deal with everyone. They're all going to be beside themselves. It's a rough way to start a vacation. I'm really sorry. And she leaves the boat with you. When you get off the boat, there is a family, just another group who's on vacation here, and they're getting ready to go out on their canoe. Did Raven manage to actually get herself to like fake cry? I think uh, when they were talking to Alice, I think they she did. But mm-hmm. now that she's walked away from the boat, I think she's composed herself and she's like serious, but not not openly crying, just like determined okay. and heading back to camp. You see this concerned looking woman comes over, probably the mom of the group. And she says, oh, dear, don't worry about your friend. They took her into the I think she'd be fine. I thought th- they said she'd be doing all right. I'm sorry, what? Your friend who fainted while out on the boat with Gary? She's she's in there resting. And Aiden catches up to you and oh. here's, the, here's the back end of that. What? She's she's with Gary? Yeah, they brought her in on a stretcher. He had a couple of boys and my husband carry her in. Raven's just going to just start nodding blankly and then like grab Aiden's arm. <laughs> oh, she's rushed past you at this point. Well, she will turn to the lady and be like, thanks for letting me know. And then just <laughs> run after Aiden. As Damien's finishing his phone call, are you a human again, Damien? Or are you still just a slime with a phone in a bucket? When he did the four damage to Felicity, did he also heal that for her? Uh, Yes. He is feeling good enough to be a human again. Is Felicity stable now? Yes, Felicity is stable. Thanks to Gary's experienced hand at helping people who get sunstroke or need a little bit of resuscitation at the campsite. So, Damien, you are hanging up your phone, and the door to the campsite swings open very quickly, and Aiden is there in the doorway. Her hair is still kind of wet, and the clothes she had underneath are wet. She looks a bit of a mess, and she's just like, where's Felicity? You need to dry off. I can get you this towel. Uh, It's like a hand towel. It's kind of Where is she? She's fine. Hey! She looks past your shoulder, Damien, and sees Felicity sitting there, and just rushes past you she comes over to your side at the table she very stammery says are you all right what happened yeah would you like the short story or the long story I, I just... oh you know what 
I'm going to go see what Raven is up to. Aiden, here's the towel. I will see you around. And Damien is going to dip. Okay. Before Felicity explains <laughs> what happened. Probably smart. Again, not really paying attention to you, Damien. Just grabs a towel and like shoes you away with it. She's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Oh my gosh. I told your mom you would be fine on this trip. And <sighs> Oh, I'm I'm fine. What happened? Is Raven there? Yeah, I think you would have caught up, Raven. Oh yeah, she was she was right behind Aiden. Although, Damien, do you stop her? Uh, like as you step out the door or catch her in the doorway? Yes. Oh, hey, Raven. It's a little crowded in there. Uh, we should hang out. We have good news. Is Felicity okay? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Felicity's fine. Never better. Uh, she just passed out, you know, hydration, I'm sure. Uh, oh, she's okay. fine. She's got snacks and stuff now. I feel like as as long as Raven like caught a glimpse of Felicity like standing up and being fine through the door, she would let Damien kind of lead her away. You can see Aiden is fawning over her and like yeah. worriedly just asking her questions, and but she's awake and alert and doesn't seem yeah. like she's, she's bleeding or anything. She's still a little like stunned by everything that has happened. So if Damien is even the least bit persuasive of like let's go this way, she's just gonna go with it. <laughs> okay. Good news? Wait, you said you had good news about what? Good news about people who are fine. Whitaker is apparently alive, just teleported to some unknown location. Do we know where? How do you know he's okay? Uh, Felicity did her hand-waving thing, except with her eyes. Oh, that's, that's a thing she can do. So she saw him like he's definitely like alive and okay? I mean, she stopped seeing him, so he could be dead now, but at least we oh. know he was alive, you know, earlier today. Okay, so we know he, wherever he teleported to, he was alive when he got there, and we don't know anything past that. Yeah, you're all caught up. Okay, well, that's, that is good news. How are things on the research boat? Uh, well... One of them definitely saw the uh, the creature, for sure. Actually, one of the uh, non-believers at first, who is now completely convinced, definitely uh, believes that it exists, which is not great. Some so. of them are convinced that Whitaker was eaten by the whale, so that's a thing. I'm... Stop me when it's over the line, but just spitballing here. We have someone who's claimed they saw something underwater. I have access to small, small amounts of hallucinogens. If I introduce them into the food and then she started really going crazy, do you think they just chalk it all up or we're probably too late for that now? You know what? I, I will give you credit. That is a really cool plan, but I morally, I can't do that and I can't let you do that. But okay. really creative thinking, Damien, and I'm very proud of you. And, like, obviously, killing's off the table. Yeah, um, no, hey, no killing. We've yeah, talked just about brainstorming, that. you know? I, I didn't like the brainstorm in front of Aiden. Yeah, some of, your, some of your brainstorm ideas are a little scary. And most of them you're not allowed to do. But I appreciate the initiative. Well, I do want you all to know that I do think of you all fondly. 
and I do absolutely wish good things to happen to you. Uh, you are all much more fun to be around when good things are happening to you. So I'm definitely on your team. I don't want to make it sound like I'm a complete monster. Damien! Uh, I think there's so much wilderness out here <laughs> to explore. <laughs> I've been in the city for far too long. Aiden flies at you, Damien, and punches you in the face. <laughs> she got a 10. Give him another one from Whitaker. Raven's not even gonna try and stop it. Oh, you don't have time to stop it. No, I know. She's, she's in the doorway, it. and you guys are outside on the steps, and she just flings the door open and rushes him. She's yeah, not I... using her powers, but she is pissed. I'm saying because it's Aiden, she just assumes Damien deserves it. And is like, oh, okay. She's gonna inflict terrible harm. Do it. Anders loves this. Go to town. <laughs> I mean, it's what makes sense. Taking away all those hit points I just gave to Damien. <laughs> yeah. They weren't Damien's to take in the first place. Damn Aiden's right. Taking yeah. them back. I mean, so, I totally let him. But not so her, that much. Her smite ability, your body and divine weapon she doesn't have, always count as weaknesses against the monsters you fight. Your unarmed attacks are too harm, intimate, and messy the tags for it. So you're going to take another harm on top of that. And because it counts as a weakness, it ignores all your armor and resistances. It ignores my bullshit. So yeah, so you fully take three harm from this punch that she just decks you with. It probably knocks you to the ground. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, Aiden, it was an accident. She <laughs> is standing above you. What did I say, Damien? First off, a few things. Permission was given. She's totally fine. And she's not a normal human, okay? If she was a normal everyday person, I would have had way more self-control. Shut up! She... And she grabs you by your collar and lifts you up, holding you in the air. Ooh, Raven's gonna try and not quite stop her, but like put a hand on her shoulder. Hey, there yeah, might be people around. You've never seen her in this state before. She is maintaining the cover that she is a person and not an angel, but Damien, you see in her eyes this burning light, and it's terrifying as a creature that is exactly designed to be destroyed by something like her. And she pulls you in really close, and she says, She made me promise not to destroy you, and it is the only reason I am not, and throws you on the ground. You're welcome! <laughs> You're in the doorway, Felicity. Bless you. I don't know uh, how much weight that carries from a demon. A demon who just got punched in the face <laughs> by an angel. Her shoulders are so tense, Raven, as you've got your hand on her arm. She takes a second just glaring daggers at Damien and then looks at you and says, I can't be around him right now, and storms off. Hey there, adventurers. Our heroes are cracking apart this episode. They should take a cue from our lovely cast member Brittany and her Etsy shop, Ocean Blue Ceramic. There's no splitting or cracks around there. Ocean Blue Ceramic is a shop where you can find handcrafted ceramic kitchen and housewares, including mugs, bowls, and vases. On June 27th, 
they're having an Etsy store update where a bunch of new work will be listed for sale. Check out their Instagram for updates and sneak peeks at what will be available. That's at Ocean Blue Ceramic. You might want to follow them on Etsy to make sure you don't miss things too. Each item is one of a kind and they can sell out fast. The last sale items didn't last very long at all, so you'll want to be quick if you see something you like. Our heroes need to figure themselves out pretty quick, or Pike's team is going to discover those lake monsters. Hopefully our intrepid hunters will find their teamwork again and step up. Take care, adventurers. I guess. Yeah. I think we should let Aiden cool off for a little bit, but um Do you want to be angry too? What? I can't take another one of those. <laughs> I don't think it would be as bad as Aiden. It's just kind of a funny story at this point. Raven's gonna lead Felicity back inside and just be like, okay, just please tell me everything everything we don't have to okay. we don't have to role play it but just i imagine raven wants every detail from yeah. felicity's vision from like seeing whitaker she wants to know what made aiden angry just spill it i don't think we but, need the details on the vision again but if you want to role play the like this is what you told aiden and then she immediately flew into a rage yeah okay so we learned a lot of things today we already covered the whole whitaker thing but here's the other thing. We learned, Damien and I, that I'm magic. We knew you were magic. But here's the fun part. Not only am I magic, I could maybe not be human. Oh, so what was Aiden so angry about? Oh, we learned that because Damien life drained me and I tasted different than other humans. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> he took my he took my life. Passed out for a little while there. But um he was kind of like a little splatty boy on the ground and so I had to do something to help him out. So I did that. Oh, but apparently gosh. he like couldn't stop or something and so he took a little bit more than he was maybe expecting to. But he said that I taste like rainbows and sparkles. <laughs> Is Damien still there? No, you guys went inside and he was left on the dirt path outside. Oh, okay. If Damien was there, Raven wanted to look at him to confirm if that's what he actually said. But if he's not in there, she'll just take Felicity's word for it. Yeah, specifically he said I tasted like rainbow sparkles and drugs, so. Okay. Where Aiden got angry and like flew off the handle, Raven's just so disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Just like pinching the bridge of her nose trying to understand everything it's just like deep sighs but she's not mad oh i <laughs> talked to a lake monster too oh okay it was, it was a baby wait pretty cute. it's a baby it's a baby but then the baby has a mom okay i was so worried for a sec because the one that we saw was huge and i was really really worried that was the baby but you there's a smaller one that you talk to? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Raven, could you read a bad situation? Yes. Man, I love rolling plus sharp. It's my only good stat. <laughs> oh, that's a 12. I'll let you ask some of the questions from that move, but I'm also going to give you a little freebie too, because you rolled so high. 
Cool. What's the best way to protect the victims? Who would you designate as the victims in this case? Well, I was thinking the, in a kind of weird way, I was kind of thinking the, the lake monsters themselves because they're being hunted by these researchers. That's a very good point. I was thinking like, what's the best way to protect them? The ones who are like being hunted and chased. This ties into the thing I was going to give you. Felicity telling you there is a baby and that there's more than one lake monster. Your mind that is able to piece together details and important events and facts in a way that you often have these inspirational moments where you're just like, oh, I'm realizing something very important as it all clicks together. (laughs) And what you realize is if the parent is gone and it took Whitaker far away after being hit with a tranquilizer, that it is one not here to protect the baby. Two, it means the baby is still here in the lake. And three, that means the baby is now in the most danger of being the thing that is discovered by the research team who is not going to stop looking because now they have two members of their team who are very gung-ho about finding this thing. Oh, boy. So how to best protect the victims, if we're referring to the lake monsters specifically, you're going to have to figure out how to do that without Whitaker, with an injured and splintering party, and you haven't even seen Hugo today. (laughs) In a strange way, Raven is the ranking agent of the Eastie agency right now on the scene. Oh boy. I think as Raven is realizing all of this, her like head is just sinking further in her hands. (laughs) She's just going like, oh no. Mm -hmm. Oh no. Oh no. You get more questions. You want to ask anything else? I'll let you ask the same question if you want to assign protect the victim to a different person or entity. Yeah, I think what's the best way to protect the victim, victim being Whitaker? Felicity told you and gave you that description of the strange stone coastal formation. So you know instantly that if you can find any information about that, that's your best lead in terms of figuring out where he wound up. And once you know that, you'll be able to plan a little better. Beyond that, though, you're sort of at the mercy of where it is that he has landed and and what you can discover about that. And because he's so far away, you're not even sure what the best method for getting him back safely would be. Yeah, because Aiden's teleport only goes so far. Potentially. You haven't really talked to her about the specifics of that power. She's just seen it that one time she picked up Bethany (laughs) from across the country. That probably wouldn't be feasible, like, across an ocean. Actually, (laughs) that is a lost bit of canon. Oh my god, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) To our listeners, uh, we recorded a holiday special, except we didn't actually record it. The recording was lost to the ages. I may write up a summary or some sort of post about that at some point, but uh, for lore, (laughs) Aiden at one point hopscotched her way across the U.S. to go pick up Bethany in New York and bring her back for Candle Nights. Okay, do I get one more question? Yeah, on a 10 plus, you hold three. Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? (laughs) Always that one. It's a really good one. It's a good one. I'm always worried there's something we're not noticing. And you as the keeper are just like, there's someone scary waiting to do something terrible. It's not a danger you haven't noticed. It's a danger you did notice. But you're just now putting together how actually dangerous it is. And it's the fact that Cook, Pike's lieutenant there, was about to pull a rocket launcher out. Oh, yeah. 
which implies that this group, while their intentions might be on the level, they certainly have things in their back pocket that on the high seas, you can wave away a lot of stuff. And in the deep jungles of lost forests, people can go missing, bad things can happen. And if none of it gets published, then their reputation would be absolutely fine from the Google search that you guys did uh, last session. Um, I think Raven's going to head back to the tent. Felicity obviously is welcome to join her if she feels good to go. Yes. Is Damien still like right outside or did he leave? Damien was going to call Hugo, I think. Let's get that. Do, 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 do. Hugo, Hugo, your phone rings. Hey, Hugo. Buddy, how you doing? Damien? I'm good. Good, good. Everything's fine on our end, too. Whitaker is apparently alive, which is good. Felicity is also doing well. Aiden is great in fighting form, I must say. And, you know, Raven looks unscathed. So all in all, uh, most people on this end are good. I am... I'm leaning against a tree right now. You're what? And you know how you do... The hand waving? Sometimes, yeah. Can you heal a demon? I'd I suggest life draining, but tried. probably not a good idea right now. I'm on pretty thin ice. Who are you talking to, Mr. Hugo? And you see, just a little ways ahead of you on the trail, Danny Auburn is standing there with two big handfuls full of mushrooms that he's been collecting. As he's been walking along, he's been like, Oh, look at this one! Oh, what about that one? Oh, my dad says you can eat this one. I can limp my way over to you if that's easier. I kind of don't really know where I am in the woods right now. Did you walk there or were you teleported there? I walked here. Okay, that makes it a lot easier. Yeah, we're still trying to figure out how we're going to get Whitaker back. Wait, back from where? He fell in the water, and the lake monster teleported him far, far away. Damien, where are you? I am right by the ranger station, the, the headquarters area. D- Danny, we have, we have to head back. Already? We've only been here about like an hour and a half, Mr. Hugo. Yeah, th- there's some things I need to deal with. Okay. Are you talking to me, Hugo? You're... Well, no, 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 no. no. I- I- I'm on my way, Damien. Okay, cool. I will sit. As you turn around on the trail to just go back the way you came, Danny says, What's the matter, Mr. Hugo? You look worried. Worried doesn't explain the half of it. That That sounds bad. Have you ever made your dad worry about you before? Not so much my dad. My mom worries all the time, though. You know the look she probably gets on her face when she's worried? That's the face you're making right now. Yeah, probably... Probably. And gonna start trying to make it back. He trots along next to you. Maybe I can help. That's up to you. If you if you don't think your dad's gonna get mad or your mom's gonna be worried. Well, my dad doesn't like it when I sneak around the campsite because he's like, people shouldn't see you because we're squatches and people will be scared. Unfortunate, yet not inaccurate. I'm glad you weren't scared of me. I've seen a lot scarier things. My mom says when I grow up, I'll be pretty scary. But right now, I'm just a little dog boy. Try to hold on to that. As long as you can. 
unfortunately, it won't always last. And the two of you head back towards the main campsite. We need some time to pass. It's going to take Hugo at least an hour and a half to get back. And Raven, you are back at the campsite taking stock of everything. Damien, you need time to rest because you are severely hurt. And Felicity, you also are going to need time to recuperate before you take on anything super dangerous. Oh, yes, I will. I think the afternoon passes. And our scattered bunch of heroes really need to sit and figure out what they're going to do. Because they've not made a mess of things, but everything is a mess right now. Whitaker, you ride in the boat with Ross and Spiegel for several hours. Eventually, pull into a port, and you are in Scotland. I'm not exactly sure the proceedings for a port authority when it's something as small as a little boat, but I imagine you don't have your passport on you. That being said, you are a British expat, so (laughs) you could blend in fairly well, and... Ross and Spiegel, why don't you roll a weird roll? And we'll see how actually equipped the two of your agent friends were. It's a it's a natural 12, baby. Oh, damn! Well, mm. Spiegel uh, and Ross thought this one through. Spiegel and Ross, they're on their look game. Look this. <laughs> Open their bag. Look, three passports. Oh, a we spare passport? <laughs> we got you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they have false IDs and are able to, I guess, make one on the fly. God, you've made them so cool by rolling a critical. <laughs> um, I mean, I'd have my wallet on me, so I guess yeah. I'd have like. You have at least your ID and they can use that or at least. A, yeah, I've got my with American their, ID. With their solid identity, they are going to get past any yeah, yeah, it's know, fine, local small town authority. Again, they're not in a big port. You're just in a little fishing village and you guys pull up. They more the boat. Ross turns to Spiegel as you guys get off the boat and she says, I'm gonna get Whitaker some clean clothes so I'll meet you at the usual spot. And Spiegel nods and he then says to you, I know this lovely little shack down over by the wharf over there. We can get you warmed up, get some tea in your body, we'll get you all squared away. Oh, um, right, yeah. Yeah, sounds great. He's like looking around very nervously. That sounds like a plan. Spiegel is carrying a big like backpack full of equipment and you imagine a lot of supplies that they would need on a an away mission. You go into this little shack. It's a fish and chips dive bar kind of place. It's actually built on the back of a boat that has been remodeled into like a permanent restaurant type of thing. And you get a table. Spiegel orders, what's your beer choice? Oh, he's just drinking tea. Like just the weakest tea right now. Spiegel orders tea for you and then you're kind of out of it so you don't hear what he tells the the waitress who comes over and takes your actual order and so a few minutes later because he lets you just sit quietly but a a steak is placed in front of you with some like thick cut fries and two wine glasses she sets on the table and a glass of red wine spiegel says thank you darling and pops the cork pours you some wine whitaker buddy hey eyes up come on man you're in shock right now. You need protein. You need a little, little alcohol in your system. I promise it's going to make you feel better. 
you are so fucking American right now. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Max Spiegel um, from Texas ordered a medium rare steak at a fish and chips place in Scotland. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, man, I'll give it my best shot, but um, I only got the one pair of clothes right now and I, I really am not feeling like I can keep it down right now. Your system is telling you that because your body's not ready to accept what's happened to you, but take your time, chew slowly. Don't try and guzzle this down. This is just to get your blood moving, get your circulation up. We're gonna get some color in those cheeks. We're gonna get you back on, you know. I imagine there's a bit of jet lag, maybe, being teleported across the world like that. Oh yeah, what, what time is there? Is it the middle of the night? It is the evening, and it you were teleported evening. in the morning. Uh, yeah, that's, um, that's fucking weird. I mean, yeah, no, the, the the teleportation is one thing for sure, but I I really I, I cannot I can't be here right now. Um, it's it's kind of a lot to explain, but I mean, I guess Scotland's fine. It it's fine, but it, I really I just I need to get in contact with um agent as soon as possible. I I gotta get out of here. I'm gonna roll sharp for Mac. Yeah. If he puts things together. That is a six on the die. He gets, uh, he can get that to a seven at least. He says, listen, Whitaker, I don't know exactly what it is that's got you all up in a, a frantic state like this. I understand heroin thing to be moved around by a giant creature like that. I get the sense something else is going on, but we're here for you, my friend. And you know, whatever we can do to help you out, we're going to do it. This isn't the first nasty scrape you've been in, I imagine. I mean, you're an, you're an agent. Weird is what we do. Right. No, this is a scrape I thought I'd get back into at some point. Believe me, I've thought about it a lot. It's it's just, I thought if, I've, if I'd ever get back here again, I'd, um, I'd be a little bit more prepared. It's kind of a lot. It's no big deal. He starts drinking his wine and cutting up mm. the steak. You do start to feel a little better. Your body responds to the meal and the and the drink, and the warm tea is helping too. Do you think Ross and Spiegel know about your condition? I think they would not know unless they were willing at some point in their f- friendship to divulge some shit about them as well. So I would say, yes, they can know, but only if you give me one secret about them too. Okay, well, Emery, I'm telling you as a player, this is that moment. <laughs> you know that Ross and Spiegel are here in Scotland. They didn't tell the agency where they were going. Mac has confided that it is a personal mission for them and for specifically Ross, who you know is a little messed up. But I will say that as a as a person who very often in your line of work has to judge whether someone is telling the truth to you or can be trusted in a moment of vulnerability, Mac is a hundred percent being on the level with you. He said that he couldn't share things because it's up to Hillary to tell you the specifics of what they're doing, but he's here to help you get back on your feet and figure out what your next steps are to get you moving forward again. Okay, Mac, I'm just gonna lay it out for you right now then. He kind of pushes his plate to the side and just folds his hands, puts his chin on him. Obviously, I used to, um, I used to do work in England, of course. England proper, not just UK, England proper. Kind of assumed. Um, Accent and whatnot. Yeah. I, um, 
didn't leave England willingly. I was deported under some pretty grisly circumstances. So for many reasons, personal reasons, emotional reasons, and legal reasons, it's a little difficult for me to be here right now. Uh, thankfully, I got um, this fancy new passport from um, Eastie Agency, and Lonnie isn't my legal name, so hopefully they won't be able to find that in the database. You see he gives a low whistle. Well, I can see why you have a bunch of ants up your trousers. It's one way of putting it. Tell you this much. Ross and I aren't here. He puts up the quotes. You learn a thing or two about moving undetected, working for an organization like ours. Now that we know we gotta be extra careful about you, I don't see that it's any sort of challenge that three very capable agents of one of the most elite, secretive groups in the world couldn't handle. Yeah. Yeah. Are you in danger being here, aside from maybe getting arrested? Um, hard to say. Rationally, probably not. But if you catch me looking over my shoulder more often than usual, it's it's that. Whitaker, your phone, which I assume you would have plugged in in yeah. the booth, turns on and you hear ping. Oh, shit. Who is it? It is from a unnamed number. And it just says, back in town, darling, question mark. Whitaker slams the phone down on the table, goes into the bathroom, and vomits into the nearest toilet. End scene. (laughs) Raven, we will come back to you. Yes. You said you were going to reach out to Prithy. Yeah, I think that is pretty much the first thing she does. They get back to camp. She sits down for a while and just stares into space for a few minutes and then pulls out her phone and sends a text to Prithy. I think what Raven says initially is along the lines of like, if an Eastie agent goes missing by accident, do you have the capability to find them? You get a response back pretty quickly. They say... It would depend on the agent and where they went missing, but there's not much I can't dig up. I feel like there's no reason for Raven to hide anything. She just didn't want to freak Prithy out, like, right off the bat. So she'll, after a couple moments of contemplation, respond, It's Whitaker. He's been teleported away, we think, and we can't get in contact with him. We have reason to believe he's okay but we think he's far. Any ideas? I think you get the, like, angry huff emoji first. Yep. That's very pretty. And then just the the dots are there for a while. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then what they actually wind up sending is, God damn it, I can't believe you lost Grandpa up in Canada. (laughs) I will start checking satellite images and traffic cameras do you have any leads where he might have been sent off to she will 
<laughs> she'll respond the lake monster teleported him away it's not my fault series of emojis that convey that um and then she will try to describe the the rock formation that felicity described yes that's kind of their only lead it is her only lead as yeah far as the location it's like is concerned this is where we are this is what felicity saw it's the ocean. These are like the rocks that she saw, this very specific rock formation. Is that anything? And after she describes it to Prithi, she's also going to try and see if she can figure anything out. And, and it doesn't take Prithi long. With your description, they spend a few minutes just trying out keywords, testing things, looking for natural formations, the hex pattern, the columns, coastline, and right around when you are feeling like you just are too stressed to figure out the right keywords to put in, Perthi sends you three random JPEGs of this place called the Giant's Causeway. Ooh. Raven's going to burst out of the tent and try and find Felicity. Well, is Felicity there? I mean, we're saying that time has passed, so it's a, it's a few hours no, after I, 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 I wasn't sure if Felicity was, like, sitting just outside the tent. Oh, no, we're she... hanging out. Oh, okay. Yeah. She will, She's... like... She's Roll honestly probably napping, arm. like, next to you. It's just like... Yeah. Raven's gonna do that. If she's laying down, she's gonna, like, sit up rapidly and, like, flail around for a second and then, like, shove her phone at Felicity and be like, is this it? Do you recognize this? Good morning. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, like, 4 p.m. <laughs> I was... I, you know, I don't know if you heard this, but I had my life drained for me. I was taking a little nappy nap. <laughs> Raven's gonna pat her on the head a little bit, like, I know, I'm sorry. Is this it? Uh, yeah. And Pussy's going back to bed. Alright. That's <laughs> all she needed. So when you confirm that's the place, Prithi then starts to send you some articles about it. They say Giant's Causeway is this old formation. Uh, they actually send you a an album cover. I forget the band, but some band has, like, an album cover that features it. That sounds familiar. Yeah. And they say, that's a fairly remote, natural landmark and a foreign country. I will see what I can do, but this is certainly a challenge you've posed to me, Agent Eugenia. And they give you that title because you are clearly taking charge in Whitaker's absence. Raven will also mention that Felicity saw like a boat. I know there's kind of no identifying marks, but just like there's a chance he was picked up by a boat. Like he might be nearby on a boat if that helps with anything okay he's not just gonna be like on the rocks he's hopefully been picked up by somebody you get the little tugboat emoji with the eyes looking sideways good raven's just gonna respond with like you're a gem prithy thank you with the little like hand praise emoji delightful i love this hugo you arrive back at the campsite. Danny doesn't follow you out of the hiking trail. He says, you know, Mr. Hugo, I think maybe it's getting kind of late. I should head home so my mom doesn't worry. I hope whatever is making you worry, you figure it out. Ask my dad. He's usually pretty helpful with stuff like that. I will. Oh, before you go, I know it's kind of cliche, but here. And he's going to hand him two Slim Jims. Nice. He says, gosh, Mr. Hugo, you packed some of the best snacks I've had in a long time. If you're friends with my dad, maybe you can come have dinner at our house. He, he did say he actually wanted us to meet you at some point and the missus, so. 
Perhaps. I'm sure everyone's really hungry and ready for a nice meal. There's a few of us, so. Okay. I'll tell my mom to make something big. Bye, Mr. Hugo. He puts his backpack on, and for the first time since you've been hanging out with him, rather than, like, walk back up the trail, he bounds away on all fours. (laughs) But you need to find Damien, who said he was injured. He said he was behind the... Hmm. Where did he say was... And he was going to aimlessly continue walking forward, and then he's going to take out his phone and try to call back the number that I called him. Uh, hey, Hugo. Hey, Just David. enjoying roots. They're not fun to sit on. How are you? Yeah. Exactly where are you again? Uh, outside the the main cabin headquarters. I think Damien is leaning against the tree which if you were looking at the tree, he would be behind it. But in front of this tree is just those big blue plastic trash barrels. He <laughs> just like went and slunk and sat down where like the garbage gets thrown out. Yeah, I'm by this blue cylinder. Oh, and there's going to be that moment of they're both on the phone and he walks over and he can see him. and He's literally just standing in front of him talking. There's that sound disconnect. Yeah. What exactly happened to you? Jeez. The lesson that is learned is don't make Aiden angry because she has got a very powerful punch. That's oddly specific. Damien, what happened? Okay, so I'm on Death's Door, having faced the giant mama sea monster and trying to distract it so it doesn't kill people. There's sound blasts going everywhere. This thing has torn me out. I'm gooping out ooze everywhere. I make it to Felicity's boat after it teleports Whitaker out of there. And then I (laughs) need to heal. So I asked Felicity if I could do a little bit of life drain, you know, steal a little bit of their life force to heal up. Pretty standard stuff. Anyway, Felicity isn't a normal human, okay? If it was a normal everyday person, I'd, you know, take a little drink. We'd all be good to go. But Felicity, oh man, next level. I don't know what is in her life force, but oh. So anyway, as you do, I might have taken more than I was intending to take because I wasn't expecting such magic and then she went unconscious and was woken up a short time later and aiden did not take that very well yeah not surprising so she did the nice strong angelic thing and punched me in the face okay okay that's that's fine this is fine that's a lot to process okay yeah aiden is also made of some very stern stuff and her punches hurt more than uh, your average bears. So I'm sort of hanging out. You don't happen to help demons out with your magic, do you? Never tried it before, but we can give it a shot. Sweet. It's it's mostly a matter of bringing my essence together because I leak out everywhere, and it's hard to maintain a singular entity. You might want to do this not out in public in front of yeah. the trash cans of the campsite. <laughs> let's uh, let's go back into the woods a bit. Oh right, these trash cans probably stink for you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I could have picked yeah. a better spot. Yeah, let's get out of the way. You're right at home, Damien. You were spawned from an infernal trash heap. <laughs> yeah, there's some good stuff in there. It's my natural environment. 
At first, that sounded like just a dig from Aiden, the character. Yeah, Damien, you are trash. <laughs> no, it was because Leviathan is a, you know, a trash mermaid. I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> it was just very salty at first. <laughs> I felt your Aiden come out. So before they head into the woods, um, Hugo's going to go over to the to the barrels and see if he can find two pieces of metal. Like the remains of coat hangers or something. Uh, Hugo, I have a pocket dimension. I can grab things. You don't have to rummage through the trash. I wish you had told me that a moment ago. Yeah, well, I mean, it was funny now that your elbow's your deep in there, but I didn't know what you were doing. I need a coat hanger, a metal one. Uh, this It's balled up. Does that count? It should be easy enough to unwrap, so yeah. Okay, well, there you go. It's going to take the tangle of wire, head into the woods, going to stick both ends of them into Damien. Oh, okay. Interesting strategy. This isn't what other people do, but that's fine. And we're going to zap. Friendship is trust. Real magic. Friendship is definitely trust. We'll see what happens in this case. Uh, <laughs> it's a nine. So it is... You have a glitch, but it works. Let's go with the one harm, because I don't want to deal with the other stuff. So Hugo, you, you're you trying to supply Damien with some of the lightning magic that you tap into pretty often. Is that the idea? Yep. You charge up a spell from your tattooed arm. You grip the metal wire, and it does pulse into Damien with this energy. I think you feel not a resistance. You feel such a lack of resistance that you feel your magic and some of your energy flow through the spell into Damien. And you take one harm. Damien, you can heal one harm from the magic and you get one harm as your life drain kicks and hits Hugo for the, the one harm that he's taking from the spell. And that heals two and stabilizes. Because you're at three now, right? Yes. You feel tired after that magical effort, Hugo, but it seems to have worked. Uh, you're the best, Hugo. I can count on you. Uh, Sometimes. Ugh, I mean, walk. I can count on the others, too. But it's a different kind of trust. Because demons, you can trust us to be completely self-centered and, you know, and do whatever is in our best interest. And Aiden is gonna do whatever she can to help everyone around. But you humans, you guys will switch sides, change directions, fall in and out of love. Who knows where your allegiances lie? But I feel like I can I can count on you, and you don't judge me as harshly as others do. Oh no, I judge you. Oh, okay. I make no mistake, Damien. I judge you thoroughly. Okay. I mean, safety first. You really should. But it's been worth but, it. See, we're on the same team. Raven, you know now roughly where Whitaker is. Do you do any more searching while Felicity is still kind of groggily half awake? See, like, my first instinct is to have her start researching, like, how to get someone home if they, like, don't have their passport. But I feel like knowing that Prithy has a good chance of finding Whitaker, th they'll, they'll figure out a way to get him home. So I think she's, Raven's calmed down a little bit from that, knowing there's someone else on her side. I think she's going to try and do more research on the lake monster the little creature i think she's done a tiny bit but it wasn't 
that important because they knew it was there. They weren't looking for it. They're just looking to like protect it. I think now she's really going to try and double down and like find out as much as she can about it. And Felicity talked to it. Yeah. So you have a firsthand account also. You should investigate a mystery. I would love to. That's a nine. I get one question. (laughs) If Felicity rolls to help out because she is helping you, you could make it a 10. That's going to be a negative on helping out. (laughs) Oh, no. I got a three. Felicity's talking in her sleep, and it makes things worse. (laughs) Gets Raven all confused. Felicity doesn't help, but it's still a mixed success. So you get your one question. Um, I kind of want to ask, what was it going to do? I mean that kind of in the context of, like, it definitely did not mean to teleport itself and Whitaker as far away as it did. That feels like a mistake. I think she she's trying to figure out what it meant to do. Like, was it just trying to bamf to the other side of the bay? Is that its normal defense mechanism? I think she really wants to try and figure out how this teleporting thing works. And then maybe she can kind of reverse engineer what went wrong and why it went so far away. And also, like, can it come back by itself? Because they got to get the mom back with the baby somehow. Yeah, these are all very good points you raise. So I think she's her, her research is really going to focus on the teleporting aspect. Have you used any luck yet? I've used a single point of luck, I think, this whole campaign. Are you suggesting I use some now? I will roll to see if Prithi can help you out, and that might get you to a 10. If they don't help you, then I will not be able to give you as much information as if you did use luck. I'll still give you something, but you won't crack it the way you would if you made it a complete success. So let's see how they can help. Prithi must have some kind of... They're really smart, right? They are very smart. They rolled a five. Dang it. What's the total? Well, even with a plus three, which I think would be the max you can have in a stat, and if Prithi had a maxed out stat, it would be sharp. Yeah, for sure. Or actually, no, because rolling to help out is your... Uh, oh, shoot. Your, helping uh, out is plus you're cool. cool. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking they were rolling to investigate. Prithi is very cool. cool, but that's not what the cool stat necessarily means as a mechanic. See, yeah, I think knowing what we know about Prithi, I think their their highest stat would be sharp, followed closely by charm. I don't know if cool would be... Cool could potentially vie for second place, but yeah, yes. It'd be like two at the most. Like if their charm was lower, it's because they are that kind of person where they are not the most outwardly considerate, you know? Mm. They're very charming, but their charm to like really connect with folks only comes out in certain situations. That makes sense. Man, so no one can help Raisin. No one can help you, but it's on the table. If you want to use a luck, I will give you a really big clue slash solve. I think I will do it. I will use a luck. This seems really important. And I think if, if Raven can kind of sense that she's right on the edge of cracking this, I think it's worth it. I have marked off another luck. With your luck-fueled success here, Raven, you are going to town on this research. Even on just your little laptop, this is exactly the sort of thing you used to do back when you didn't know things were real. And now that you know they're real, you're even more on fire than you were back then. What you start to piece together is that there are so many stories about lake monsters across 
not just the U.S., but the world. It's like every large lake or body of water in the world tells a story about these mysterious lake creatures. Oftentimes the photographs are very grainy and sometimes it's there's never been a picture, but people swear they've seen this thing. And what you start to piece together is that whether there is only a single lake monster in the world or not, maybe there's half a dozen, maybe there's a bigger population, and most of the time they're out at sea, but you get the feeling that they can use this teleport when they are adults to literally pop around through every large major water source on the planet. They are a spirit connected to the water of the earth so profoundly that their territory is water, period, capital W. And that when the monster took Whitaker away, it may have just been reacting on instinct and using this ability to jump to somewhere familiar. And knowing where the giant's causeway is, you know that the Willituck monster is likely the same, or at least the same species as the Loch Ness monster, and that they're all connected. It's good stuff right there. Thanks. I thought it was clever. <laughs> yeah, Raven is like furiously taking notes on her laptop as she's doing all this research. Little mini conspiracy board with like red thread. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> teeny tiny one. You tore up a bunch of granola boxes to have enough paper to tack things to. <laughs> she's got like a granola bar hanging out of her mouth as she's eating it and trying to continue all her research. Yeah. It gets to be later in the evening and the zipper to the tent kind of and Aiden is there and she says, hey, how's she doing? Is she asking Raven? Yes, this? about Felicity. She's good. She's, she's taking a nap right now, but I think I think she's going to be just fine. We should get her up soon or she'll be up all night. Oh, God, that's right. Well, all right, c- come sit down and she'll like gesture next to her. She kicks her boots off, comes in, sits down. She notices the conspiracy nest you've created out of the tent. Drops the paper everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You went back to your flake roots, honestly, for a little bit. Yes. And she'll actually sit between you and Felicity so she can, like, nudge Felicity awake. And she says just to you, Raven, I'm sorry about earlier. I, I really lost it. You've been doing a really good job picking up the slack. Hey, you were entirely justified. Like... Damien deserved that, and he can take it. Hopefully, he's learned from his mistake. And I, I'm glad you're apologizing, but it's, you're honestly, you're fine. It is all good. Are you okay? You notice for the first time that the knuckles of her gloves are worn down more than they were when you guys came out here. Hmm. And she's massaging her fists. Uh, And she says, I'm all right, but I think today taught me I can't hold back anymore, but also that I've let myself slip quite a bit. Slip how? Do you remember when I first told you how magic worked? That if you don't use it, it fades? Yeah. I haven't tapped into my powers as much as I have the last month or so than I had in a very long time. The more danger we get, into the more I feel like if I don't start to try and strengthen that again, then I'm not going to be able to protect you all. So, okay. Knowing that, we can take some time 
you know, go out in the woods or something where there's no one around and you can start flexing your powers. We'll get them back up. It might take a little more than that. I, I locked some of it away. When she says that, she for the first time sees the image of the giant's causeway on your computer that you got up in a corner. She suddenly stops and her eyes go wide looking at that and just instinctively like grabs your hand and she says, what are you doing looking at that place? This is where Whitaker is. This is what Felicity saw. We should wake up Felicity. I already showed her the picture and had her confirm it. I, I talked to Prithy. They're helping me track down Whitaker. I was hoping to grab Hugo and Damien before I showed you guys. I've been hard at work in here for the last... What time is it? It's, it's getting late. It's almost dinner time. Oh. That's where he is? That's where Felicity saw him pop out the other side of that teleport. Felicity saw like a boat, so we think he got picked up by someone, but we don't know anything more than that. And she says, I think if you help me, I can get him. Yeah, like go over there and bring him home? It's really far, but I know Whitaker pretty well now, and I've been there before. Oh. And that's where we're going to end the session. <laughs> Oh, God. Boy, we gotta get everyone <laughs> tight. in the tent. I'm gonna tell you guys right now, next session, big magic. Big oh. magic! Gotta get those components. Man. We love mm -hmm. us in big magic. There was a uh, lot that I loved in that episode. That was a tight session. Mm -hmm. That was very good. Man, my my favorite part about it was that Damien told everybody that I healed him by life draining myself, but really he was stable already. I had already <laughs> stabilized him. Yeah. Glossing over details is <laughs> mild lying at best. I love that oh, Damien's health changed so much this episode. It was just like up and down and up and down and up and down. Mm -hmm. oh. oh man, so many good payoffs this episode. There's just fun connections with Whitaker being back in the UK, with Aiden having backstory stuff that ties to there. Yeah, that's all this cool. stuff I've been waiting to unleash about Ross and Spiegel, and and we got to do fun cryptid lore this time, where I told you all my idea for a lake monster factoid. <laughs> Love it. You guys are starting to do things and go places that tie into major plot arcs. Oh. I'm not just noodling around for four hours getting nothing done. <laughs> yeah. Natalie, it's time to really make the game harder. <laughs> I would have no, to... Do you have no idea how much I want to make the game harder on you all? <laughs> <laughs> I have monsters at my beck and call. <laughs> <laughs>